0: How is. This is the 23rd of February, and uh, we are going to start with, we're only going to do half, we may not even get that far, it's hard to get through all this, uh, a 15 minute prayer, depends on how fast you pray, depends on if it's the week A or the Shabbat, the Shimon But Let's but uh, let's begin with prayer. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to come before you, our Father, our King, we know that it is from you alone that we have life uh, and thought that you give us worship, Father, as a gift, so that we can uh, uh, understand and recognize that from you we get all. Father, you are our King, and we thank you that we have an opportunity to serve you in the ways that uh, we, as human beings, uh, incomplete and impure, uh, are able to serve you. Father, we thank you that you are gracious to us, that you accept us, though we have sinned against you. You've provided us a way into your presence. And we thank you for Yeshua and the uh, way that has uh, been revealed to us, that you have revealed to us. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. And I'm going to continue, if you don't mind. This is from from the Shabbat Shacharit, the morning prayers. Um, All of them, speaking of the angels... As one proclaim his holiness and say, Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Tebaot. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, Master of Legions. The whole world is filled with his glory. Then the Ophanim, that's a type of angel, and the Holy Chayot, another type of angel, the living ones from Isaiah, with great. Noise, raise themselves towards the seraphim, another type of angel. Facing them, they give praise, saying, Blessed is the glory of the Lord from his place. To the blessed God they shall offer sweet melodies. To the king, the living and enduring God, they shall sing hymns and proclaim praises. For he alone affects mighty deeds, makes new things, is master of wars, sows kindnesses, makes salvations flourish, creates cures, is too awesome for praise, is Lord of wonders. In His goodness, He renews daily, perpetually the work of creation. As it is said, Give thanks to Him who makes the great luminaries, for His kindness endures forever. Or kadash al ta'ir, or kadash al ta'ir, or kadash al ta'ir, or kadash al ta'ir. Viniske, <speaking> vinis kulamu meherale oro. Viniske, vinis mehera meherale oro. barukata Adonai yotzer hamero. Cause a new light to shine upon Zion. 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 And may we, and may we all soon enjoy its brightness. And may we, and may we all soon enjoy its brightness. Blessed are you, Lord, creator of the luminaries. May you shine a new light on Zion. And may we all speedily merit its light. Blessed are you, Lord, who fashions the luminaries. Amen. That's from the Shacharit. We are, as we've seen, that we've been going through the prayers and talking about the prayers, and the prayers being specific, not general. Uh, there's nothing wrong with general prayers. I keep happen to want to emphasize that because it's not to say it's got to be one or the other. Personal, spontaneous prayer is not only good and beneficial, it is absolutely necessary. But we're not talking about that when we read the book of Acts. Generally, the book of Acts is talking about specific prayers written since ancient times. And we know that the first century used those prayers. The believers, the first of all, all Judaism used those prayers, and the believers continued those prayers, established a, a prayer book, as it were, that was based upon the current prayer book. The Didache, which is a first or late first or early second century document from, from believers, the teaching of the apostles is what it's called. It actually contains liturgical prayers. It contains uh, Matthew chapter 6 of the Lord's Prayer, which is a liturgical prayer, a prayer written that people said three times a day the did said they prayed it three times a day why three times a day because it was temple it was based upon temple worship and if you look in the book of Acts not just these references I've given you but the book of Acts actually contains a clear a clear teaching that the first century believers living in Jerusalem at the very least and probably everywhere maintained this order of worship and that is three times a day I've told you before it's not what you pray three times a day it's that you pray three times a day Um, uh, and if that seems too legalistic to you then understand it's not legalism Mm -hmm. nobody says you have to the question is do you want to um, the daily prayers in Acts chapter 2:46, they said it says they continued daily in the temple, all the believers. Why would they do that? And they, usually the answer is, well, it's all about evangelism. I would challenge that. In fact, I would directly challenge that. There's no evidence of it at all. They preached in the temple. Yes, that's evangelism, but that's not why they went there. Uh, in Acts chapter 2:42, the translators in English left out the word the. The prayers. It's not and and prayers. And prayers. They left out the word thus. They purposely left out the word, the Greek word that gives the definite article. They purposely left it out because they didn't want us to know that it's a set. Because then you start asking asking the question, what prayers? And not knowing that tradition that there is a set of prayers written down since the time of Ezra. Actually, seven of them actually go back even further. Seven stanzas of the Shimon Ezra go back to Samuel by tradition. But we could document that 18 go back to Ezra, or at least variations of the 18 go back to Ezra's time. So this is a well-established tradition that was in the first century. Uh... In chapter 3, verse 1, we see that, that uh, Peter and John are on the way to the temple at the hour of prayer. And no one asks the question, the hour of prayer? Is there not another hour of prayer other than a radio show back from the 60s? <laughs> and it's the ninth hour, which is what? That's Mikah, afternoon prayers. That's right. Uh, and we see it, uh, well, all the way through the book of Acts, we see this reference. Uh, we see daily in, in chapter 542, they continue daily in the temple. Why Daily. Why not on Sunday? Well, Sunday is an anachronism. <laughs> but why not just on Shabbat? Every day. Why? Because God's to be praised every day. And then in uh, 6 verse 4, continually to the prayer. Again, the translators left out the. the disciples, The apostles wanted deacons they wanted servants in the, in the congregation because they wanted to devote themselves to the teaching of the word and of the prayer. They wanted to continually devote themselves to the prayer. What's the prayer? Hatafilah is the ancient and current title for the Shimona Esrei, the 18, that Shimona Esrei means 18, and the, or the Amidah, the standing prayer. And so what we're going to talk about today is the standing prayer, the Amidah. The Hatafilah is what is being spoken of, the Amidah, it's being spoken of in chapter two forty-two of, of Acts and chapter six four of Acts. It's definitive. There's no debate whether this is what they're speaking of. The prayer is Hafefila, and it's these prayers. Unfortunately, all I can talk about today is the English translation. There's many English translations. Many. Variance. You get the essence of it in the English translation. I want to be fair. I don't want to misunderstand. I don't want you to misunderstand. You don't have to pray in Hebrew. You don't have to know Hebrew. You can pray. <laughs> you can pray the prayer in English. But I want you to understand that when you do, you're only getting a translator. But that's true. We're always kind of stuck with that, right? Whether you can attach your heart to it is what matters. I can tell you about the prayer. I can tell you about the prayers. I can tell you about personal prayer, spontaneous prayer. What I can't teach you and what no one can teach you is how to pray with intention. Because that is not something that you can just get. It's something that comes from one thing, and that is a love for God that starts when you read the Shema, when you say the Shema, that it be on your heart, that you love Him. That these are things that no one can say, well, this is how you do it. We can give you suggestions when people try to do, well, focus your mind upon him. It's far more than that. It must come from a deep and abiding love. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it may serve a benefit in that you get to actually maybe get your heart rate a little higher while you're praying. But it doesn't serve the benefit of worshiping God. And I'll say that even spontaneous prayer, unless it has the intention, does not serve the purpose of worshiping the Almighty. Let's talk a little bit about this, okay? Uh, I've given you all first nine benedictions, and it's, I apologize, five pages. Uh, I, we're not going to go through all of it. Don't worry, we couldn't possibly this morning. What I want to do is I just gave you some references, some scriptural references to each of these benedictions. There's 18 benedictions. The first seven traditionally were written by Samuel. Those are the same seven that are prayed on Shabbat. The Shabbat prayers are 7 instead of 18. Daily, starting on Sunday through Friday afternoon, are 18 benedictions. That's where the word Shemona Esrei, which means 18 in Hebrew, comes from. Uh, we're going to discuss the fact that there's 19, actually. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, though. Okay? Uh, the, Shimon- uh, the Shema prayer, three paragraphs, from Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, and Numbers chapter 15, the Shema is the knock on the door. It's the knock on the door, saying, I'm here, I'm your servant. I'm here to worship the king. The Shemona Esrei carries a level of holiness that requires it not be interrupted. I'm talking legalistic now. Requires it not be interrupted. Why? Because you've come in. You're in the door. You're in the presence. You're in the holy of holies is the point being made. And so the Shemona Esrei is, is, a, is the pinnacle. It's the crescendo of the morning service. It's the crescendo of all prayer services that, record, that are based upon this idea of the three times daily praying. Okay? It's ancient. I can tell you definitively and authoritatively that the first disciples prayed it, that it was a very important thing to Yeshua. We saw in Matthew, he says, when, ye, when not if, when you stand praying, don't do as, and he talks about the wrong, wrong way to do it. To stand praying is amida. He assumes his disciples will pray, and he'll pray the prayer, haka um, Let's go to uh, uh, the first blessing is patriarchs. The first blessing. And this is a really interesting thing about the prayer. You're going to find petitions within it, but you know, none of the petitions are considered to be asking or begging from the king. They're all about asking Him for what He's already promised, so it's a form of praise. The Shemona Esrei, the Atafila, the prayer, is pure praise. You make requests within it. But the requests are things that He's already promised to do, that declare His kingship. And so the first thing you're going to do is you're going to remind Him who you are. Here's who I am. I'm a descendant of the one that you promised, Abraham. Way, way back there. And his son, Isaac. And his son, Jacob. And all those in between. And if you can't claim a lineage to them, by God's grace and through the work of Messiah, you are his son, as Paul said, or his daughter. You are Abraham's child. And as Abraham's child, you have a right to speak to Abraham's God. You have a privilege to enter into His presence to praise Him. And that's why it starts this way. It's amazing. I want to ask you, how did you choose your
1: parents? (laughs) Did you... Does
0: everybody... That's right, very carefully. Let me ask you this. Does everybody deserve their parents? We know that everybody deserves their children, but does everybody deserve their parents? Does everybody deserve their parents? No. Some are worthy and some are unworthy. But it is... By grace that you've been placed in the family that you're in. Right? God's grace. Only God's grace. So this is what this is believe it or not, the first stanza is an open declaration that you have no right to be in the presence of God except by his grace. Because he's given you permission. That's what it is. Go to um, go to Genesis 15.1 it's also on your sheet here you don't have to look it up if you don't want it, this is, I think this is all New King James I apologize I can't remember but I think I put it all in New King James but if you want to look it up in your Bible that's fine and I've given you references Genesis 15.1 after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your exceedingly great reward we're going to hear these words in this first stanza I am your shield your exceedingly great reward and then Exodus 2.24 so God heard, heard the are groaning and God this is speaking about the children of Israel in Egypt God remembered his covenant with Abraham Isaac and Jacob he hadn't forgot it and God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them why? because of his promise to Abraham okay Uh, Isaiah 59 20 through 21 the redeemer will come to Zion, to those who turn from transgression, in Jacob, this is part of the afternoon prayers on Shabbat, says that those who turn from willful sin, I mean, you hear different translations of ways, ways to translate the English from, from the Hebrew, says the Lord, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words that I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. And then Galatians 3.29. Paul writes, If you are Messiah's, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The word heirs is supposed to remind us. We don't use that too much here unless you're really wealthy. You don't think about an inheritance. But you have to understand the whole, all of Scripture takes inheritance very seriously. You own it, it's yours. The promises made to Abraham are the promises that you own. If you're, him, if you're his and Messiah, if you're, if you're Yeshua's, right? Let's read. I'm going to read from. Uh, I'm going to read from. This is reading. It's not praying. Uh, Jerusalem's kind of that way. But. <laughs> Y'all face the wrong way, so this is not praying. I'm just going to read this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll read. I'll read from it. Since this, we're talking about the ninth hour prayer in Acts three one, this time I'll read from the weekday Mincha, which is the afternoon prayer of the Shimon Esray. First first of all, the Shemona S.R.E. begins with a, a simple verse. When I call out the name of the Lord, this is Mikha calls out this, uses this. When I call out the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. And then the statement, it is a prayer. It is, uh, um, My Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Even our praise is a gift from Him. Blessed are you, Lord, our God and God of our forefathers God of Abraham God of Isaac God of Jacob the great mighty and awesome God the supreme God who bestows beneficial kindnesses that's chesed uh, kindnesses and creates everything who recalls the kindnesses the chesed the covenant loyalty of the patriarchs and brings a redeemer to their children's children for his namesake with love O king helper savior and shield Blessed are you, Lord, Shield of Abraham. That is the first. um, That is the first stanza, the first blessing from the Shemona Esrei. That's called Avot, Patriarchs. Questions on that one?
1: This is all standing.
0: This is all standing. Certain prayers you sit, certain prayers you stand. This one, you must stand. Actually, legalistically heard. unless you can't stand you're allowed to sit I've actually done
1: the daily and timed it and if you don't get distracted
0: and you really focus on it takes seven minutes thank you it is first of all I mean, I'm, th- I'm glad you brought that up I'm, I'm not telling you what's easy I'm, t- I'm not telling you to be legalistic first of all I have no problem with legalism sign me up for that but I understand if the other people don't feel the same that's fine I have no problem with that at all. One of the reasons for following certain traditions about this prayer, why I'm careful to follow the traditions regarding this prayer, is because I'm trying to put myself, I'm trying to regain for myself a sense, maybe it's remote, but a sense of the first century and the first believers. Which means corporate is much better than individual. And I told you that two weeks ago. A minion, ten men, or Yeshua's community from, from the book of Luke, we know that women are included. Ten, as a minimum, is actually better. It's better. Corporate prayer, is, it's, this, these are prayers written to be prayed in the temple and absent the temple still together as a group. So these are corporate prayers. I pray them privately or with my family. But I would much rather do them corporately.
1: I right. you know, after where I came from, we actually did this every Friday morning. Somebody
0: from Zondi Israel actually got a painting of the lectern wall.
1: Yeah, praise God! Thank and you. And like we absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, you know, God willing, when we have our own our own our own shul, our own building, uh, we will, in fact, uh, be doing more of this. I, I don't want to throw people off because there's no promises, but uh, and, and the many messianic congregations incorporate this in some way, yes, that's true. Uh, it was decided for us to use the Shema as that, if, well, Shema, I mean, how can you leave that out, right? <laughs> as, that, as that corporate prayer time uh, in, this, in this congregation, and that's wonderful. But just not to detract from that at all, but thank you very much. There are many Messianic congregations that actually incorporate the seven blessings, the Shabbat blessings, from the Shemona asray into their service. Good. Uh, let's move on. If there's no other questions, let's move on to uh, benediction number two, which is uh, um, God's might. Uh, give it up. Uh, God's might. The principle to our faith is not just is not only belief in the resurrection dead, but that God is the one who resurrects the dead. You know, there are n- many cultures that believe that there will be a resurrection of some sort. Most cultures actually believe there's an afterlife. To believe there's going to be a resurrection is not important. Mm-hmm. What's important is to understand that it is only God that can resurrect the dead. As messianics, is not resurrection a principal measure of our faith? Yes, a resurrection of the One, Yeshua Himself, Messiah, right? Absolutely. Understand that Pharisaic Judaism, which is the pre-runner to Orthodox Judaism today, one of its principal tenets, what set it apart from all other Judaisms, is a belief in the resurrection of the dead. We share with mainstream, well I shouldn't say mainstream because that includes a whole lot more, we share with Orthodox Judaism a principle of the faith that is pinnacle. And here it is right in the 2nd Benediction, the second blessing. It's extremely important. Why? Because the resurrection of the dead is the measurement of God's might. It is the ultimate measurement of his might. It is it is the way that we declare that it is God who saves. Right? Imagine the first disciple in the temple. That first time that they went and we recorded in Acts certainly times very close after after the resurrection that they went to pray the prayers and they got to give it up. Who causes the dead to rise and imagine the lights and the fireworks going off as they prayed that prayer. A recognition of what they had seen. We saw the resurrected Lord. We saw Him. We touched Him. Is God not awesome and worthy of praise? Is He not King of the universe? That's the basis for... for, uh, Boy, that's the basis for real worship, isn't it? Uh, We have that heritage. We have that heritage. Don't lose sight of it. Don't Don't misunderstand how powerful a thing it is to believe in a resurrected Messiah. Go to Matthew eleven four through five, and or it's in front of you here. Yeshua answered and said, "Go and tell John. This is speaking of John the Baptist, the uh, the, the immerser. Go and tell John the things which you have hear and see: the blind see, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them." Psalm one forty five fourteen, which is this is Ashrei. Ashrei is a prayer that is prayed. Three times daily. It actually is a precursor to Hatzafila, or uh, the, uh, the the prayer, the Shemonas Um It's Psalm 145. If you ever just want to pick something to pray at a set time in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, pick up Ashrei, Psalm 145, and read it. But this is from Ashrei, verse 14. The Lord upholds all that fall and raises all who are bowed down. First Corinthians 15, Paul writing to us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13 through 14. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then Messiah is not risen. And if Messiah is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Um, here, here is from, uh, again, this is from the Minka, the afternoon prayers. The afternoon version is slightly different from the morning version. <coughs> regarding uh, this God's might you are eternally mighty my lord the resuscitator of the dead are you abundantly able to save see the connection between raising of the dead and able to save who makes the wind blow and makes the rain descend who sustains the living with kindness resuscitates the dead with abundant mercy supports the fallen heals the sick releases the confined hear Yeshua's words releases the confined and maintains his faith to those asleep in the dust. Who is like you, O master of mighty deeds? And who is comparable to you, O king, who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout? In Hebrew, what is that? Makes salvation sprout. Yeshua. Yeshua. and it's the idea of sprout is the idea of, of uh, raising up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are faithful to resuscitate the dead. Blessed are you, Lord, who resuscitates the dead. <coughs> Any questions on that one? Let's talk about the third blessing. So far, all of these are the same on uh, Shabbat. These are all the same. The same one. The first. Uh, First three are the same on Shabbat. The third blessing is is uh, uh, Kedushat Hashem, uh, which is the holiness of God. And I actually sang part of it, prayed part of it earlier. Uh, the Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh from from uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 6 is in fact the core of his holiness it's the recognition of where his holiness comes from Um, you need to understand the difference and I've said this before and I hope you know the difference between holiness and sinlessness God is absolutely sinless it goes without saying that he's sinless really I mean he defines sin so he obviously defines being sinless because that's his essence uh, that's not what holiness is. And when people say you're a holier than thou, what they're saying is you think you're better than me or you think you're sinless or without fault, right? That, the, our, our usual usage of the word holy is incorrect. The word holy has no recognition, no variance, no no type of a inclination towards sin. It has nothing to do with sin or, unsin- or not sinful. Those are related Concepts, but not the word holiness is talking about being other than. Here's the thing we are us, He is Him, there's only one. He is holy. Well, are we the holy people of God? Yes, we are. Absolutely. But you know something? How did we get that way? It's only because we've been in contact with Him. And that's why the whole issue of holiness, and that's why it's very unfortunate that a lot of people don't know the holiness or the purity laws, as dictated, as given to us starting in Exodus and and reiterated, very well articulated in the book of Leviticus, the holiness laws give us a very good indication of what it is to be holy, and why it's important to be holy holy if we're in the presence of God you know the little things like well you have to go and you have to bathe yourself before you go up to the temple or the tabernacle or you have to have uh, you have to have uh, uh, not done certain things within certain days you can't touch a dead body within seven days before you all of those things like well you know that's just a ritual no God actually instructed us to do it why? why? Because he wanted us to get this picture that he is different from we are. And the only way that we can come into his presence is if we follow his protocol. Here's the rules. Here's the way you get into my presence without dying. Because I don't want to kill you. I want to hear you praise me. And those antique, (laughs) quotes, antique, uh, you know, ancient, and some people's minds, done away with things, unfortunately... Fulfilled. Uh, <laughs> or fulfilled, yeah. Which means the same thing is done away. Uh, those, things, those things are actually extremely instructive to tell us what it is. What is holy? What is unholy? What is profane? What's common? What's holy? You know, the Shabbat, you treat the Shabbat as holy. Why is it holy? Because it's His. It's not ours, it's His. He is... The one who owns it, right? Treating it as holy means you recognize it's different. That's why traditionally there's two candles at the beginning and one candle at the end, so you can know. This is the marker, the bookends. Between these two bookends, two candles on a Friday evening and one candle on Saturday night, traditionally. Between these two bookends, this is different from all of the time. This is a different time. It's holy. It's His holiness, right? All of these things are variants. There's no question He's the only one that's truly holy. It's true. We're not... We're just kind of playing at being holy. Right? We're just kind of pretending. Well, he declares it to be true, but, you know, we're just kind of like, well, we're the holy people of God. Well, the only reason why is because he's chosen us, and that's all. It's great. So, we talk about the holiness of God and the thing that Isaiah saw in chapter 6. The thing that he saw, God's presence in his temple. Not with his own eyes. But God revealed it to him. So it was amazing. You are in holy, Psalm 22, 3. You are in holy, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Speak to all the congregations, Leviticus 19, 2. Speak to all the congregations of the children of Israel say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Oh, well, but Peter repeats it just in case people just forget this. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16. By the way, this verse is repeated six times. Six times in the Apostolic Scriptures we're told to be holy. So don't start trying to tell me about antique laws that have been done away with. Because he's defined what holiness is because they keep quoting from Leviticus when they say, be holy or unholy. holy. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that has been brought to you at the revelation of Yeshua Messiah. As obedient children... Not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Let's read it. It is different on Shabbat. It's much longer on Shabbat. On Shabbat, it incorporates the use of, of, of a and Levites if they're present. Uh, it's it's much much broader and it's uh, much more. much grander it's very short if it's just a weekday you are holy and your name is holy and holy ones praise you every day forever blessed are you lord the holy god Okay. any questions on that one let's move on this is one I need a lot of it, 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 now I'm going to start asking for something, but I want to remind you, the asking is actually, the petition is actually a declaration. It's a praise. So far I've asked for something. I have declared him to be king, uh, declared him to be Resurrector of the dead, that he's holy. So far I haven't asked for a certain thing. Or anything. You know. Now I'm kind of going to ask for something, but it's not, really, it's not really a petition because he's already said that he will. It's not like I'm asking in faith realizing that he's already done it. This is Binah, or uh, discernment, knowledge. There's actually another Hebrew name for it as well, but Binah is the most common. It's the one that you'll find in your uh, art scroll, if you have an art scroll to do it. Uh, One of the ways that we conceive of God, actually a primary way, I hope a primary way you conceive of God, in your understanding and your worship, is intellectually. Uh, uh, If you feel Him, please... I mean, I don't discount feelings, but don't let your feelings take you astray from what your mind and what you read. Right? Uh, feelings are cherries on the Sunday. They're not, they're not the point of it all, right? It, it is very important that when we petition God for understanding, for being, for knowledge, discernment, we are asking Him actually to reveal Himself so that we can consciously, consciously choose to follow Him. It's, a common, it's an understanding of a bridge between the common and the sacred as well. Here's the, one of the things that I was told to the priests, the Levites, and then the Kohanim, the, the, the uh, line from Aaron, is your job is to teach Israel the difference between sacred and common. That's your job. The difference between sacred and common. If you find them encamped around the tabernacle, they're encamped around the tabernacle in such a way to divide all of Israel from the tabernacle, the holiness of the tabernacle. It wasn't that Israel couldn't go into it, but they had to cross across Levites. And so there was a guard, as it were. A guard. It was their job to make sure that Israel knew the difference between holy and profane. Common and what was pertaining to God. Uh, uh, Solomon asked for discernment, didn't he? And he, got, and he got it. He received it. Because God promises it. As we read in 1 Corinthians, uh, the wisdom of this world is different from this kind of wisdom. This discernment. The world says, well, so-and-so is very wise, very discerning. And maybe they are in, in things pertaining to life. That appears they are. But this is different, isn't it? It's the opposite. It's the opposite in most cases of what man says. And it's the ability to learn, it's the ability to pray. That to ask for discernment is actually the ability to pray. If you can't formulate the words, you know, you know, there are people that can't even formulate the words. Uh, they're alive, but they have no understanding. Uh, what a sad thing it is. So just asking God for discernment is, is, is asking Him to be able to pray. And, and that actually comes from, uh, I, I have a quote here from Berchot, um Uh, it says, if there is no understanding, this is from Yerushalami, this is from the Jerusalem Talmud, if there is no understanding, how can there be prayer? Which makes sense. And it also means that you shouldn't pray what you don't understand. So, studying prayers is actually a worthy, a worthy endeavor. As you you know that, I already know that, because I'm (laughs) speaking about prayer. Exodus 31.3, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, In wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. This is Bethelah, the workman in the tabernacle. God gave him this wisdom, and it's Bina. If any of you lacks wisdom, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him, period. Colossians 1, 9-10. Uh, for this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of Him, uh, of His will in all wisdom and, understand, and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increased in the knowledge of Him. And this is from, uh, again, the uh, Mika, the weekday micha for uh, insight. You graciously endow man with wisdom and teach insight to a frail mortal. Endow us graciously from yourself with wisdom, insight, and discernment. Blessed are you, Lord, gracious giver of wisdom. Questions about uh, discernment? It's
1: not about discernment. It's that fact that you have used New Testament purpose. Yes, ma'am. I would assume you would sign... Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. For all of these. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, that's right. Home.
0: But here's you know, the reason why I did. Here's the reason why I did. Is because Paul... Not just Paul, but James. Uh, we know James uh, because he was uh, he was a, a principal elder in Jerusalem, and Peter as well are drawing greatly. And this is this is one of the things I've said before. If you start reading and praying the prayers in in, in English, you'll start seeing some things that are remarkable. When you start reading Paul, things that Paul's like. I thought Paul was getting this from somewhere else, and he was. He was given it from the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. But what you begin to understand is, when you start reading it in another document, you start seeing Paul was drawing from a, a daily immersion in these words. It wasn't just that he knew the Tanakh really well, which he did. But it was a daily immersion in these words. They were an expression. It was worship expression. So they flow off his tongue. He writes them so easily because they're common. When I'm reading, by the way, when I'm reading some of these verses... From the New King James that are quotes that are found in my art scroll, I have a difficulty actually reading the King James words without changing them around because I've memorized them, not because i memorized them, but because I've read them so often in art scroll. It's like, wow, man, it's like a different way of phrasing it. You know, I kind of like the, the poetry a little bit of the, of the English translation of art scroll. So I, I kind of want to turn around. Same thing with Paul. When you read what he writes, you can see that there's a correlation there's a correlation to the prayers thank you that's the first one we're going on come on <laughs> fifth, let's move on to the fifth lesson which is petition for repentance it, the idea that, that it's our choice to follow him is not lost on us but you need to understand that even our choice to follow him is a gracious gift is it not? And so if we've turned away from Him, our prayer, and our prayer continually, if we haven't turned away from Him, is that He keep bringing us back. Lord, keep bringing me back. Keep bringing me back. Don't just bring me back. This is corporate. This is in plurals. Bring us all back. Okay? So this is the prayer for repentance. And prayer for repentance doesn't mean walking an aisle. As well and good as that is, that's not what this is talking about. The prayer for repentance is not talking about camp experiences. The prayer for repentance is a persistent and constant walk of obedience to Him. Not for moments of turning around and, whoa, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. It's that I don't ever let me ever do that.
1: For
0: desire. To desire, that's right. It's
1: interesting that you ask for discernment before you ask for repentance.
0: That's right. And you ask for discernment first. Why? Because if I don't have a conscious understanding of what it is I'm talking about, then what's the whole point? No, there is, first of all, the sages were very wise in the time of Ezra to construct these, and and Samuel as well. They construct these on the basis of Scripture, and most of this is actually Scripture. But they constructed it in order for the reason that they did. That's That's exactly right. Thank you for bringing that up. This is called Teshuvah. This is the blessing of Teshuvah and it's asking for his help in repentance. In Hebrew, to repent is to stop sinning and obey God. That's it. Knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Obey Him. Well, my heart's not in it. You'll find your heart when you start obeying. (laughs) There is a false teaching that says don't do anything until your intentions are right. And I'm going to promise you, you will never do anything right then.
1: Because
0: your intentions are driven by what you do. And they're gracious gifts of God. Why should He he give you repentance if you refuse to respond to Him? If you refuse to obey what He's already told you, why should He give you a further... Repentance. No. You repent by, just stop. Just just obey Him. Um, it's interesting because blessings four and five God is Avinu, His Father. Um, and this reminds us of Yeshua's Avinu prayer. And we find this Within his Avinu prayer, we find many of these as well. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from all evil, for thine is the kingdom. He's the king. Uh, here's, here's scriptures, Matthew 3. In those days, uh, John the Baptist, the immerser, came preaching in the wilderness in Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what we are looking at Matthew, right? And at that time, Yeshua began teaching uh, to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3 and Matthew 8 and also 4. Turn us back, or three eight. Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Resto- renew our days as of old. Lamentations five twenty one, which is a great book towards repentance. Um, here is repentance. Bring us back, our Father, to your Torah. That means his instructions. Bring us back. You gave us good instructions. Bring us back, our Father, to your Torah, and bring us near, our King, to your service. Avodah. This is prayer. So what we're talking about bring us near to your service, to your service, and influence us to return in perfect repentance before you. Blessed are you, Lord, who desires repentance. And it's talking corporate. When I pray this, I'm thinking of the entire body of Messiah, and I am I am praying for the entire Jewish people. All Israel, when I pray this. All of us need to repent. Uh, Let's move on. We'll do this last one. Actually, we're going to have to stop here at forgiveness. Maybe we'll have three weeks to do this. I don't know. Um, uh, Art Scroll is a publisher. As a publisher. Um, it's a great publisher. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm glad you brought that up. I, if anybody is ever confused that I endorse all of Art Scroll, please don't ever say that. I love Art Scroll because they, they, they create beautiful books and they are, they are holy books. I don't agree with everything in an Art Scroll, so do but an art scroll to do is a wonderful, r- wonderful investment. It's a prayer book. It's a prayer book, yeah. uh, And there's the second one, so I'm going to have to stop here quickly. The sixth blessing. I've got to stop with this and because it's related to p- repentance. Repentance is asking him, and, and, and the, the petition for forgiveness is the response to him. Uh, with blessing five, we have a direct correlation to that. Even prayer, Yeshua's prayer, lead us not into temptation, to deliver us from all evil actually i 'm still going over the same one I know no uh, sh- uh, shikha. Uh, better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, for that is the end of all man. Mm. The living will take it to heart Ecclesiastes seven two and uh, uh, e- uh, Ecclesiastes Ra, which is commenting on it Ecclesiastes seven two the living these are the righteous who set their death over against their heart, and why do they beat upon their heart? Mm. All is there. This is, this is the tradition is as you pray this blessing. Is that you strike your heart? Uh, is that it? Hold oh, wow. on. Mm-hmm. Forgive us, our Father, if we have erred. Pardon us, our King, for we have willfully sinned. For you pardon and forgive. Blessed are you, Lord, the gracious one who pardons abundantly. Any comments before we, uh, before we stop? Where
1: are we going to find the entire.
0: Uh, well I, I, I mean, I've suggested art scroll, please. again, if you have a sedur, a messianic sedur is wonderful as well't don't, don't, don't think I'm only going one direction. This is my choice uh, I've, uh, uh, yeah um, Somebody printed some printings from mi that that I had done a translation that I had come up with. It's not as good as art scroll, but it it's in English there as well. I don't know if you've seen those around. That book that you had, that that includes the Shimon Ashram, the 18th. Let's let's close in prayer. Our Father, we do thank you for an opportunity to worship you. We ask that our worship of you be pure. And Father, we recognize that that can only come because we acknowledge you as our Master and King. That we acknowledge that it is only by grace that we can come to you. And that grace was expressed and and manifested in the person of Yeshua, and that his work is complete in establishing our our position with you. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you have cleansed us completely. We come before you in worship because you are worthy of all worship and praise. And in Yeshua's name, our Master, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Uh, If you don't mind, hold on to this for next week so I don't have to do some more copies. We'll pick up with uh, number seven.